Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I left corporate America to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped late 2018 and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our goals and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Melanie Walker believes your mindset is reflected in your environment. As the owner of Neat Method, a luxury professional organizing company, she's passionate about helping busy people live in well-appointed spaces where they can shop in their own closets and help them create more time and space for the things they love the most. Melanie and I talk the energy of things, be it oxygen or dead weight, the things we hold onto hoping to fit back into them, and healing through purging. I get a little personal advice on blending families and homes, honoring our partners, and why it is so important to clear our space so we can clear our minds. Prior to starting Neat Method, Melanie was a leading human resources professional with over 15 years of senior level experience with MGM Resorts International. Melanie is a certified executive coach. She utilizes the powerful practice of core energy leadership that allows clients to gain clarity, focus, and incredibly quick results. Melanie is passionate about the community and volunteers her time to several different organizations, including Nevada Ballet Theater, Las Vegas Ballet Company, Las Vegas Academy of the Arts, and Central Christian. She recently formed a partnership with SafeNest to donate her clients unwanted items to support their mission to end domestic violence. Melanie leaves us with the brilliant advice to create a vision for our life. Let's dig in. Today, I'm so excited to have joined with me on Gold, Melanie Walker, who is with The Neat Method and a professional organizer. And I am so glad that you came down to the studio today. I love it when it's in person. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So um, Melanie, I have mutual friends. And so I've seen some of the magic that you've created in their closets. And we kind of connected one day on the idea that sometimes the um, outside matches what's going on inside, internally. And I love that conversation. I love the idea. And I know Marie Kondo is like blowing up right now. Everyone's very much interested in kind of her show and what's happening in that world. And I love how there's kind of a almost like a spiritual and mental kind of application to organization. So I wanted to dig into that today. But I wanted to ask you first, like, how did you get into this? What's your path? So I um, spent the last, you know, 25 years or so working in human resources. I was an, uh, you know, casino executive, you know, in HR and really helping people is kind of the driver for me, you know, in, in life in general. And I retired early, spent some time with my kids, got them through high school. And um, and then I was like, what am I going to do? You know, what do I want to do or what's next, mm-hmm. you know, for me? And I was, you know, just thinking, what am I, what do I obsess about? What do I really love to do? And I started organizing my house and then I started organizing a friend's house and I was on Pinterest and I was on Instagram so it's really like what was what was in my world at that time and 
I was like, I really love to organize. I really love to help people, mm-hmm. number one. And two, it was a great application for my skill set. And then I always loved design and interior design and mm-hmm. homes and all of that stuff too. So I found Neat Method. Um, that, you know, a couple of women had started this company years and years ago, over five years ago. And um, uh, kind of before the Marie Kondo thing, you know, right. happened. And um, and I, you know, reached out to them, and I was granted a franchise of Neat Method. Um, and there's over 50 cities now of Neat Method, and so I've kind of made it, you know, my mission and my, just it's really my passion mm-hmm. to help people just live a we call it a neater life, right? right. <laughs> you know, and um, and you know we can talk about the inside and outside, you know. Um, well, I'm curious, like when people first engage with you, right, and they come to you and they're asking you for help do you get a feel based on their questions or the interview or intake like where their mindset is or what it is they're trying to accomplish like what's the typical kind of initial engagement with someone yeah so i always want to get them on the phone first because every client is super unique Mm -hmm. you know they have different goals so it's really saying well, tell me about your goals. I, I just say, tell me about your project, right? And I get everything from, well, I want it to look like this picture on Pinterest, mm-hmm. you know, to, I, 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 you know, they, they don't even know the words right. to say, like, and they're like, I don't know where to start. I hear that almost every client. I don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. We moved into a new house. I blended families. I, you know, I've accumulated stuff. I don't even know, you know, and I said, you know what? I know exactly where to begin. And where is that tummy? And so, and so it's for every client, that's my job. Mm-hmm. My job is to know and create a plan and a project plan for them based on their goals. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's one space mm-hmm. that we start with. Sometimes it's the whole house. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because they're, they're just like, I don't know, you know, what, what, you know. So I ask them, you know, where's your biggest pain point? A lot of times for, you know, um, a woman, it's the kitchen and the pantry and mm-hmm. just being able to provide, you know, food for their family and be in an organized fashion. Right. So that's a, a always kind of a really good starting point. Sometimes it's like, okay, I want to park my car in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to be able to yeah. create space. Yeah, right. Well, it's so fascinating to me because I, um, I, we connected at one point in time because I had posted something, I think, um, about organizing my pantry. I just recently moved into a new home. And I notice that there are times where I'll walk into a room and I almost feel the energy of the stuff, right? I almost mm-hmm. feel overwhelmed by how many things that don't make – they don't really make sense. And I think I was like, okay, I need to kind of – feel like my brain is a little bit rattled by things. I shouldn't feel things as I'm walking into a room, right? And so mm-hmm. I think I started with, like, organizing my pantry. I organized my bathroom. I realized all of a sudden, like, how much calmer I felt, even by organizing, like, my daughter's toys. And so, like, I totally bought into that whole idea that you can walk in and touch something, especially, like, so I went through a divorce, and I had a closet full of clothes, and I would walk in and I would see, like, a particular dress that reminded me of a night Mm -hmm. that was tough, right? And I was like, why do I hate this dress? Like, I have to get it out of my closet, out of my life, because it represents something to me. So I just think it's really fascinating how – so many times we don't realize the things we acquire come with their own kind of markers and, and memories. And so do you find when you're talking to people, like you have to kind of walk them through that process too? Like, does any of this mean anything to you as you're getting started? Yeah. So you're dead on with, with your, with your, with your, 
you know, that's that's that is a very deep resonating level of understanding energy around stuff. So mm-hmm. hats off to you for that. <laughs> you know, and so I I explain this. So there there are really two forms of energy, right? There's anabolic energy and catabolic energy. Okay, and and then then the root of the word is there. Anabolic is like with oxygen. Think mm-hmm. of aerobic, right? Anabolic energy is positive. It it brings energy to you. Catabolic is like cannibalism, right? It mm-hmm. takes away from from you. So every object around you is either anabolic or catabolic energy. And so, so, um, and, and, you know, you talk about Marie Kondo, she's kind of right about this, like touch the item, right? And it, and I, so I walk, I walk a client through this. They're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to get rid of and what not to get rid of. Just for closet, for example. It's kind of a, actually, it's kind of an easy one, the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're talking about spatulas and stuff, I mean, they're not really bringing you joy. But people, <laughs> but people do have a favorite spatula, right. you know, right? They really do. And they're, they're like, I never use those fi- other five ones. I use this one. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you have those five then? Right. I don't know. That's what they say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in the closet, you know, I say, pick out something you love. And they go really quickly to one dress or one item. And they're like, I love this. And their face lights up and their voice gets soft. Their energy, their physiology just shifts. You know, you can physically see it on their face and in their energy because you can feel Mm -hmm. energy, right? And so I said, tell me why you like it. Oh, it reminds me of this great night I had. I feel amazing in this. It fits perfect. You know, whatever. They Okay, great. I put that back. I said, now pick out something you don't like. Well, immediately their nose starts, crunches up. Yeah. Their physiology shifts, their energy changes, and they're holding this item. They're like, ew, this one. I said, well, what, why do you don't you like it? It brings up a bad memory. Mm-hmm. It, um, it, it's, yeah, I, it's scratchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like it. I don't pick it. I said, so let's talk about why that's hanging in your closet. Yeah. And so there are a multitude of then reasons why. And so people get caught up in the reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I paid a lot of money for that. Uh, okay, so, uh, well, my mother-in-law gave it to me. Mm-hmm. I got to keep it. You know, all of these things are... Or, or I, I'm going to lose weight and get back into that someday. Well, that's what I've got right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, what's, and, what's your answer to that right. one? <laughs> so, well, so all of those are not, not things that are positive. Yeah. They're not positive. There's guilt. There's disappointment. There's, you know, not good self-care. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just, you're, it, like, that item is, like, putting you down, like, every time you look at it, right? I never thought of it that way, because I was, my, my boyfriend and I are, are merging. We're merging lives right now, mm-hmm. right? So we're blending families, and I have to make space for him in my closet. And so we were going mm-hmm. through it the other day, and he – it's kind of funny because you can see the psychology of the two of us, right? Like he's slowly moving things in to where it's like over the next couple months, I'll bring a few things at a time. And I'm like – I'm like the kind of person who's like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and clear everything in the closet to be prepared. And he's like, whoa, that's a lot of pressure. So I was walking through the closet, and I was like, why do I have some of this stuff? And it's mm-hmm. because – I want to get into it again. And I never thought of the fact like, well, that means when I see it, it is kind of in a way a negative feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I don't, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not enough now. Right. Yeah. I'm not right. Right now where you are in this present, it's, it's kind of that, that those negative, oh, they're all negative emotions. Here's the beauty of it. When you get rid of the item, you also get rid of all the negative emotions that go with it. Mm. So you are creating now new space. 
and more self-acceptance in a lot of ways, right? I yeah. mean, because everything I didn't, even, I never thought of it from that perspective. I'm like, what is this block that I have? Where I have yeah. all of these dresses that I wore four or five years ago that just don't fit my lifestyle today. Yeah, like I mean, I left court the corporate world, and the first thing I did, I got rid of, was all my black dress pants because I <laughs> so hated. I I realized I hated wearing black dress pants. I mean, I like. I literally was my uniform, yeah. black dress pants and a blazer and yep. a shirt and, you know, this whole cycle. Black ship's dress right here oh. with the blazer. Oh, and I was, and so I, and, and so I went and bought an awesome jean, you know, wardrobe of jeans and cute t-shirts and, yeah. you know, um, and I was like, this is, this is me. This is the new me, right? There's, we're constantly evolving, especially as women. Yeah. We are constantly evolving into something new and um, and aren't you going to go treat yourself to a new dress right. when you lose weight? Yeah. I mean, don't, you know, don't you deserve that too? Right. So really the beauty lies in kind of getting rid of this energy, this mm-hmm. negative energy. Um, quick story. I have a guy, a, a, a friend of mine, actually, not a client. We And I went into her closet. She's like, will you help me in your, my closet? And I said, so we, we did the same process. And she's like, this is so much fun. Like she was just whittling down her closet in a very, you know, once we, once we figured out the energy portion of it, yeah. she's like, oh my gosh, I totally get this. Well, I was like, what's in this white bag over here? And um, she's like, oh, that's my wedding dress. Ooh. And the whole energy shifted. Yeah. Well, I knew that she was was divorced. Yeah. And she had actually taken the dress and moved it into her brand new home mm-hmm. in her new closet. And I said, well, so tell me, like, why is it still here? She's like, I have no idea. Yeah. And so that... that it sounds like something to be healed. It Oh, it really was completely a aha moment, you know, for her, for me. Yeah. And she's like, I go, you know, there's somebody out there that probably really could use that and oh, would probably like that, yeah. love that mm-hmm. item. And that's very Marie Kondo, too. You know, you let your items go out in the universe and provide. Somebody will go to Savers or whatever and they will find that item and be, it will bring joy to them. Mm-hmm. Why why are you keeping joy from other people too? Yeah. Cuz you're you're holding on to it in your closet and it's not bringing you happiness. It could be bringing someone else happiness too. So I love that perspective, right? Like the, that you look at these things and they're almost kind of like weighty, right? And mm-hmm. the moment that I start I love I love purging. To me there's something that's very mm-hmm. freeing about purging. Um, and I do it every now and then where I'll go in and I'll kind of completely move things out and kind of make room and make space. And as I've, you know, I'm just retired from my career in finance, so I have all these suits and all these dresses. And I'm like, why do I keep these things? Like, you know, I could give them to a dress for success mm-hmm. and help a woman who's coming up in her career have, you know, a, a great outfit to, to wear. Um, I'm curious, though, when you talk about creating space right there there's a lot of people who blend families who are bringing multiple households together and children from different households and I'm curious what advice that you have in that regard like when it comes to blending a family and you're first working with someone do you have any like tried and true rules yeah so I have personal experience in that um as well because I have a I have a blended you know household and so I think 
am honoring space, right? Mm-hmm. For for each individual. You know, I, I can I can distinctly remember this. Almost almost touches my heart that my you know, my current husband, my new husband, right? With my daughter painted her room for her the color that she wanted you know and we moved into his home right Mm -hmm. and he you know making sure that each child right feels just absolutely honored and special in this new environment and comfortable in their new space if you talk about you know husband right or Mm -hmm. boyfriend or whoever's moving in we do that all the time Mm -hmm. and um we get that call it's like oh i'm you know moving my boyfriend into my house and i need to make space for him where you know you've been you know as you've been spread out right Right. it's like well you have to learn a new you you have to live within the space you have Mm -hmm. right and so that might require some reshifting of things i've i've created a closet really for uh, you know someone that's moved into a home existing home Mm -hmm. it's like well, why don't we move him to this closet mm-hmm. and you keep this? You know, so I, that's kind of what I'm really great at is finding space right. um, and then helping people right size into that space, whether it be changing out the hangers they have to make them slimline so right. that everything fits to putting shoe organizers in, to, you know, to, um, you know, to really honoring, the, honoring those things. So we work with couples a lot. It's, yeah. it's really funny. Um, well, I think it's, it's probably more prevalent, especially now, like with the passing of time, right? We've gotten away from kind of the age old expectation that you get married at a certain age and you stay married to the same person, right? So most families at this point in time are blended in some way. There's, there's second third marriages there's children from various partners so I think it's more popular more expected not popular the po- like but more yeah. expected kind of that you're mm-hmm. bringing multiple lives together and I know for me you know I was by myself for a period of time I was you know alone for six years so I've gotten I didn't realize like how you can get kind of like well this is the way things are you know and you <laughs> and I, I appreciate what you said about honoring the space and giving each person space, letting them feel like they have their own and they're not just coming and borrowing yours, mm-hmm. right? That they have their own place in in which to kind of grow and thrive. I think that that's so important. And we don't think about this all the time, right? We don't really put it into conscious thought. A lot of times we're still stuck in kind of our old stories and our desire to protect self. So I think one of the things that is so important too is kind of the conversation having the conversation about okay I want to make space I want to create this place for you so I love that you do that I I know you mentioned before we got started that you're also a life coach Mm -hmm. so you have the opportunity to kind of marry the organizational perspective with this you know here let me kind of help you in this in this place in your life yeah it's really you know and and I did a lot of coaching and kind of in the executive you know coaching Mm -hmm. coach model and it's funny how this topic would actually come up in the work environment too really yeah it's really interesting it's you know it's it's that whole level of like organization like oh help me organize my office I can't think straight help me organize my home I can't think straight because and so what happens is you know, and there's been a lot of studies on this too. UCLA did a study, Princeton did a study. I mean, they've all done studies on clutter mm-hmm. and how it affects your brain. And what you see visually is kind of how your brain is functioning as well. So, and that's why I get that phone call. It's like, I, I don't know what, I don't, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Well, mm-hmm. because you can't see kind of through all that, the clutter yes. and the mess that's happening. Yeah. And 
and men and women both want a more they want to be, live a little more more organized and they what they really want is more time time and and, and peace i feel like mm-hmm. there's something to be said for having a calm environment so i'm curious then if your so if your environment kind of is it that your mindset affects your environment or your environment like what's is chicken for egg like which one's first right which one which one is kind of the the lead is it that if you change what's around you you change your mindset or is it kind of a constant rhythm between the two I think there's a rhythm between the two for sure um in my field you know when I get that phone call Mm -hmm. they've they're they've they've either gotten to the point where they're like something needs to change Mm -hmm. I used to I used to it's really when I first started doing this I used to say oh you know we kind of go in and we declutter spaces and we make them really pretty yeah you know and no now I'm like oh no we're gonna change your life (laughs) oh I'm very I am very clear about that you will live completely differently Mm -hmm. once we once we leave your environment yeah and and um you know, we always have like, there's always a skeptic, right? In the, in, in the, in the equation, not always, but sometimes, and maybe it's one of the spouse, right? Mm -hmm. One of the other spouse, you know, the wife will be like, oh, I really want, I really need this because I'm, have a career or I'm just super busy and I want to spend time with the kids and I don't have time for all of this. Right. You know, I don't have time to organize or maybe people just aren't really good at it. Yeah. I think we should on ourselves a lot. I should be able to do that. I should be able to manage all this stuff. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I would, I, I hire an electrician to come like move a light socket in my house. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have electrical engineering, you know, I don't know how to do that. Right. Well, why do, why do we think as women that we should, should be able to organize or we should know how to do that? Right. It is a skill set that I have learned over time. And so why you just hire a professional, professional. to come in and kind of help you with that. But so back to kind of resistance, right? Women are women are a lot are like, oh, I you know I want to do this. My husband not so much. You know I'm I'm not sure what to do about his closet or his side. Mm-hmm. I said we just start with you. Mm-hmm. We just start with you. Don't worry. I go and I will and tell you nine <laughs> nine times out of ten. Yeah, the husband will come along yeah. and he'll be like, so when are you gonna do mine? Yeah. wow when are you gonna do that you know and so I you know I would say let's just start somewhere yeah you know start with you it's about self-care it really is what we do is about self-care and taking the stand to say I deserve you know and I want to live a little little differently a little better so I'm curious personally you know I was mentioning um I'm blending lives right now right and so we had a conversation yesterday because um I would do the laundry like once a week when it was just me and my daughter. Like every Sunday, I would do laundry, put it all away. We were done. I'd do like three loads. And it was just like Sunday prep. That's just what I did. Mm -hmm. Sundays is about making dinner. It's about doing laundry. It was just kind of my thing. And he does laundry every other day. Mm -hmm. So he's in a different mindset. Mm -hmm. Well, I will hang dry my yoga pants. And some of them I'll run out of space and I'll put them over the tub. And then I don't even seed them right so they dry and then they might still be there for another day or two and he's like there are yoga pants everywhere and I'm like I don't even see them because in my mind I've already moved off of that right like so I did my chore I did my thing and eventually I'll put them away but like in my mind I'm kind of like okay now I'm moving into my role as mom right so I gotta get my daughter to school to make sure she's fed gotta do this gotta do that I have two interviews today I have podcast recording I have this 
that can wait till later. So I'm like, is that my mindset or is that just kind of like, I don't know that when you walk into a home, if you were to say to me, here's the best way to do it, I don't know if my mind can shift into that way where it's like clean all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that, so here, So here's just my perspective on how I look at that, yeah. right? Um, because I'm in, I was in your, I was in your boat, it, same, same thing. And I blended families and mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a level of like honoring your spouse or yeah, your partner, sure. right? That you have to, so, so what is he really t- saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I, and so I would maybe get, dig a little deeper into that and say, so are you telling me that this is really bothering you? Yeah. You know, is this something that, that bothers you? How, so then you have to kind of figure out then, well, then if he says yes, well then, okay, so is it one day? Is it two days? Is it immediate? <laughs> like, my like, like, what's your timeline? Like, right. negotiate on what that is. Right. And you're going to have a million things like that blending a household. Yeah. A million things about parenting your children differently, you know, together yeah. as as one unit. You have with two two different children, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're going to have a million things like that that are going to come up. And this is just the start of it. Yeah. And it's a great place. What a great place to start. We're talking about yoga pants. If he wants a cleaner, more organized environment, and that visually bothers him, my guess is he's probably a visual, mm-hmm. you know, then then what can you do to honor that? Right. It's change? so funny that you say that because I told him, I said, I don't even see it. I don't think you realize. Like, it's not I'm consciously ignoring it. It's I don't even see it until... Wednesday night because I know that the housekeeper comes on Thursdays and I want to get it out of her way because I know that she's really about just going in and doing the deep clean. And he's like, so your housekeeper is more important than your partner. So I was like, so there's your answer, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, it is a visual thing. It bothers Mm -hmm. me that I see that. I think that you're not really – so I'm like, good to know. But I think this is another point, right? Like it's a really great opportunity to take these moments and rather than being irritated by each other – and saying, what's the issue here? What kind of person am I? I'm not doing it out of disrespect for you. I'm doing it because I literally am like, I've, in my mind, I'm like, okay, the housekeeping mm-hmm. has gotten done. And now I'm moving on to the next thing. In his mind, he's like, please put away your yoga pants. So <laughs> it's really, you have to reframe, right? Yeah. Those things. And you just got to ask questions. Yeah. You know, if you want to make someone feel important, mm-hmm. ask, ask them questions. questions. Oh, that's like such a great little mm-hmm. gem and so simple, right? It's so simple. And that's what I do in when I you ask me about like where, where it's the first place to start with when somebody calls me or when I right. talk to somebody, it's like, I just start asking questions. Yeah. What would be what would make you happy? What would feel different here? How yeah. would this how would this look? What's the picture of how this would look? Yeah. You know, to you. And and so I have them kind of visually, you know, or verbally paint me a visual picture mm-hmm. of what what their life would be like. And then I'm like, okay, I know exactly what to do. Okay. <laughs> you know? So if we had anyone listening today who's like they're they're kind of like, I'm frustrated with my environment. What practical tips would you give to just get started? Like small little things that they could change about the way they kind of see their space or organize that might help them just in the day-to-day. Yeah, well, so find out what your what's your biggest pain point. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, start with like, okay – I don't know where my keys are, you know, or I don't can't find my sunglasses. Okay, fix one tiny thing. It's mm-hmm. just baby steps, yeah. right? You don't have to 
you know, Marie Kondo your entire closet on your bed. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, that is That's that is not <laughs> my, that is not our process, right. okay? <laughs> because th- that is way too much to handle yeah. in one sitting. So, okay, say, oh my gosh, maybe I just need to hang a command hook where I where I hang my keys. It, you know, right outside the right inside the garage door, or whatever on my way to my car, or put a bowl on a table that I stick my sunglasses and my keys in. Yeah, just I mean. Something Maybe super ba- super basic. Yeah. Take the take your junk drawer, utility drawer, whatever you want to call it, and dump it out and pick out the five things in there that you use. Some pens and some, you know. Right. I mean, and get rid of the rest of the you know, nasty paper clips that are. You know, what I mean, like the stuff that's all in your way. You know, set up a mail basket. Um, where your mail all goes. Mm-hmm. Tackle that pile of mail, you know, for 10 minutes. Right. Set a timer. Just do super simple little things. Throw one thing away, mm-hmm. you know, toss or purge or whatever edit you want to call it. One thing out of your closet. Just baby steps. It doesn't need to be a big project. Yeah. Um, or make the call. Like, seriously, some people, it's just, it's like, I get that call, I'm like, I've been just, I've been putting this off for so long to call you, you know, and it's like, and I go, you know what, you're ready when you're ready, Yeah. you know, and have, I mean, most organizers like me, we'll, we'll talk to you and give you some advice and, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I do consultations, I come over and I'm like, I'll give you some ideas on what to do, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so, you know, just make one little baby step, um, I guess, or, you know. One of the best pieces of advice that I got when I was in corporate America was try to touch everything once, especially when it comes to paper. I get a ton of mail, a ton of bills, a ton of things that I need to take care of. So what I've learned to do is create a pile, but not a pile for it to pile up and be crazy, but a pile that I will touch once a week. And I will go through and try to create a resolution for every single thing so I don't have to think about it again. And that may take a little bit longer. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'll think about this one later. And I'm like, no, what do I have to do to get it done? And um, I remember one time talking to someone who was like, I don't know how to prioritize my day today. I have so much on my calendar. I said, then don't start worrying about like, is there a timeline? He's like, no, not really. Like then just go sheet by sheet by sheet by sheet. Top one, resolve, throw away. Next one, resolve, throw away. Next one, resolve, throw away. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes the only way to get through it rather than, oh, now I have three piles. This one I'll get to tomorrow. Right. This one I'm waiting for an right. answer for. And this one, you know, and I think that that just creates more stress and more of a paper trail that you have to resolve for. And so, like, I've gotten really good about doing things like that where I'm I'm more into resolution. If I get a bill in the mail, I want it to – it's going to – there's a one day a week where I pay bills. Goes to that day, you know, and and creating kind of those buckets has helped me free up so much mental space that I think was so important to me because I know when I'm becoming overwhelmed by things, especially decisions too. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes like I'll have big decisions that I've got to make, and I have all these things coming my way, and I start to feel the weight or the energy of the paper trail, the items around me. Um, and it's almost like you have to kind of get in front of that. You have to really get in front of that. Yeah. One of my, one of, just one of my tips is when you grab your mail and you're walking in with your mail, mm-hmm. just stop at the recycle bin in your, if you have one in your garage. Yeah. I mean, really right at that moment and, you know, all those political flyers and the, you know, the 
whatever this, you know, flyer for this and flyer for that, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that don't add value to your life that you don't want to even spend time looking at, Mm -hmm. just put them in the recycle bin immediately and pull everything out and pull everything else in the house. Yeah. One of the other things that we create, I mean, you can get any basket, you know, you want, but we create an action um, basket really especially for families that have children and it's really like mom or dad's whatever action basket right and um so if the the permission slip comes home from school or you know i need to you know buy these this cookie order for this you know thing or that thing it it becomes an action basket and the kids actually learn to put stuff in mom's action bin oh my god do you know how helpful that would be Uh i get stuff like three weeks later and then i pull out of the bottom of her backpack well you're teaching you're also teaching responsibility Mm -hmm. um you know to to the your children it's like no is hey mom where's where's my 10 bucks for the field trip you know it's like well i didn't see anything in my action bin you know it's like it's did you put it in there well no well that's where things happen yeah and so if you want to have that then you have to clean out your backpack and put it in there i mean and so you're you teach that kids actually so when we organize kid spaces you'd think there'd be a lot of resistance no they are super excited kids love now they they want less stuff they want less stress Mm -hmm. and they want to be more organized their brains function better too in Mm -hmm. in more organized environments you can actually raise more organized kids that's so funny so i actually put together two like um toy structures basically one was like um a nine been like had been the cubes yeah, yeah the cubes that's what it mm-hmm. is so I, I i made two of them it took me forever <laughs> i was like we're gonna do this we're yeah gonna do ourselves. but you did it i yeah. did it yeah and she did it with me and we decided which ones games would go dress up books things mm-hmm. like that and she i can tell it's it, there's a calmer kind of environment now when we walk into like the loft where all the toys are or her room where she's got her books and there's it's a, a calmer kind of like oh well that's in my dress up bin well that's in my this bin and she's kind of proud of her things like it creates mm-hmm. almost like a pride and ownership which i think is really interesting it, it they, it's really that that energy i mean these you know we're not uh, you know we grew up in different time right of different things and different generations and they have they number one they have their electronics right mm-hmm. which are compact and short and they can do they are small and they can do a lot of things in there but they you still want imaginative imaginative play and all of these things but they love to honor their stuff too yeah. and it actually creates the ability for you to purchase less because mm-hmm. they get overwhelmed and then you're teaching them hey why don't we clean out and give stuff to kids less fortunate yeah and you teach that cycle that whole cycle to them um and you know how to my daughter loves the second hand shop now you know it's like you know she's a college student you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's like oh that's cool she lives in portland too so that's really cool you know what i mean but and so that that whole cycle gets created in into their in their younger younger um younger ages i love that i'm so curious though because like you came up like i did in kind of like a corporate framework right what how does it feel now to have moved from that kind of corporate mentality and mindset over to something so much more intentional i think in the way like i feel like corporate is a lot of structure and there's a lot of here are the rules of engagement 
where it seems like you now kind of get to create not only the life that you want, but also lives for other people. Like what's the, what are the big takeaways that you have from moving from one career to the next? My, so my biggest takeaway really is time. Mm-hmm. One of the things in the corporate life that always used to frustrate me was not being in control of my time or, you know, attending meetings that that I didn't feel like this is super time. I spend time commuting. Yeah. That I, you know, and so I would become really frustrated with the the amount of time that I was away from my kids, my family, and so having my own business. Even though I spend way more time working now, because running your own business is no joke. Right. You know, and you can do it twenty four hours a day. I spend a lot of time on that. But it's very purposeful time. It's my time. It's my choice mm-hmm. of the of where I want to spend my time. Not not unlike anyone who wants to be organized. Yeah. You know, more organized. It's like they want more time to do the things that they want to do. That's such a true statement. So, like, I actually, and this is kind of a part of organization. I block. I have time blocking. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in it wholeheartedly because, and I agree. Like, I would go into meetings and be in work trips that made absolutely no sense for the bottom line or revenue generation or anything but you're there because you have to kind of appease the power that be the powers that be and I think that what's funny is now I do I feel like I'm working way harder but I also am very focused on time blocking so like I have my focus days which are the ones where I'm creating content and I'm moving my project forward every single day I have my maintenance days where those are the days that I pay my bills those are the days that I'm checking on the automation I'm Mm -hmm. working with my social media team I'm working with my creative team then I have my free days and because I've been able to bucket my free days are truly spent with my family and on myself so it's it's funny because like you could work 24 hours a day but because I've learned how to organize my time so much more effectively I don't have to you know, like on mm-hmm. Saturday, it was kind of funny. I actually picked up a book, a business book. I started flipping through it and I immediately felt my countenance change to where I was becoming more like a focus day where I start to really mm. zero in on that. And then like my daughter's not really getting my full attention. And I was like, you know what? This is a focus day book. This is a book that I use on my focus day because I can tell that I'm going to get sucked into it. And today is more about relaxation and spending time with her. So even in your time, you can create moments of organization. I love that. I love those kind of those kind of blocks, right? And creating those blocks of time, and and then being more organized. I think I think there's so much noise that's going on in it, you know that, and you can you can turn turn that off. That's a awesome concept, you know, mm-hmm. to turn that off. Look, that's a focus day, and this is a relaxation day, and this is a relaxation time, and being able to kind of flip the switches, right? Yeah. And and when people are feel disorganized, they're they're unable to think straight mm-hmm. to actually get into shift. They just are like, I, you know, they have a hard time relaxing. Yeah. Um, and so the, so the UCLA study was they took, you know, like 30 women in L.A. that were, you know, busy moms. And they um, they studied them, that their brain and their chemical imbalances based on clutter. So those that lived in cluttered environments had higher levels of cortisol. Mm. Because it's just, and, you know, cortisol is bad. Oh, yes. Right, yes, bad, yes. bad, 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 <laughs> right? All about cortisol. Right, all bad. I was sent to so, EKG at one point And so, and so you have to think about physically Mm -hmm. what clutter does to you too. Yeah. Uh, Because it's, it's, if you, something is constantly on your brain, you know, when people call me, they're like, I, 
I cannot, I keep thinking about that. I can't relax because I know I should be cleaning the garage. I can't relax because I know I should be cleaning out my drawers. I can't, you know? And so, and so, um, what an organizer does is, you know, we come in and take away all that noise that's going on and we do it one time and then people just keep it up. Has that been, is that successful? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like we will go into, I mean, you know, really chaotic pantry, let's just say, and we will, you know, neat method it with labeling and baskets on a system. Mm -hmm. And then we teach them the system and we go back in two years later, I've gone back in and I'm like, it looks like we never left. I'm and like, it's because well, it's because you're also kind of giving them the framework for which to see their things, right? So like instead of just being like, oh my god, food pantry, eh, it's oh okay, I've got a system for this, and now things kind of make sense. And my clients tell me they save money. You know, they mm. actually save. One of them quoted me thirty percent on their grocery bill because they're not. They weren't even seeing what they had. They couldn't see what they had. They just keep buying the same, you know. It's like, oh, I have five bottles of cinnamon, you know, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, it's like, and the half of them are expired, and you know, the they because they, they just keep shoving, you know, things in, and so, and then, and then what they tell me is that, like you talked about, all kinds of decisions start falling into place for them mm. because they can think clearer. Yeah, they can actually see, you know, they can, meal prep becomes easier. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. I can use what I already have. Yeah. You know, I, I can make a meal. People, average client can, with the, just the product in their house and their refrigerator and their pan, can make meals for two weeks. Yeah. And they just keep, but they get every week, they just keep buying more and more and stuffing, stuffing on top, you know? So what's fascinating to me about this conversation is that it correlates so deeply with like multiple um, conversations I've had. One um, about finances and how to know what you have in your bank account, what you're spending, and to be organized in your money and how that saves money. And I've actually started creating some of the, like, the practices and the methodology within my own bank accounts and creating like different accounts. And so now I know exactly what I have at all times now, which is amazing. It's the same thing here. Knowing what you have in your life and, and touching it and being able to say, okay, I'm organized and I understand I don't need another party dress because I have four of the same color, right? I don't need another jar of cinnamon. I don't need these extra things because I already have them. And being more aware and more mindful about kind of what we have currently and what's um, – and I think with with mindset, it's really fascinating. The, the clear clarity of decisions. When you get clear on all of these different things, how much easier it is for you to make decisions without all this – Fluff. Yeah, and it, and then it's your time. So, mm-hmm. like, if your closet is organized and your black T-shirts are all hanging in one section, yeah, yet they were they were strewn all over the house in different places or whatever in different parts of your closet. Yeah, you're like, oh, I gotta go to the mall because yeah. I need a new black T-shirt because I have to have one to go with an outfit. And then, but if you're organized, you're like, I got a million. <laughs> and how long does it take to go to the mall? Like yeah. two hours. Yeah. Well, that's time you could you could be doing something different or creating something yeah we do like 
it's funny, we do craft spaces, right? Where that are just, you know, like glitter blew up everywhere, you know? And, um, and, and there are people that are like, I would really like to craft, but it's just so disorganized. I can't even figure it out. Um, one of the, one of the most heartwarming things I ever got was after we did a craft space was a text from a mother and a daughter the next day with the holding up their artwork that they created the oh, next day. So we create space to be creative Mm -hmm. um when people are disorganized um they feel like they don't they can't start something new Mm -hmm. or they can't create something new so um so you know it it really i mean it just being organized opens up all kinds of really deep spiritual doors or they have time to volunteer or time to do things that they really want to do i love that and i think it's i mean it's it's simple and profound at the same time, right? It's just a matter of kind of in a lot of ways forcing ourselves to be like, okay, it's time to make this change. It's my time to make some kind of shift. I wanted to ask you, um, I love the trajectory. I mean, you and I have very similar trajectories, not in the same path specifically, but kind of that we decided mm-hmm. to do something that we loved, right? Mm-hmm. That we wanted to create a career after our career. Yeah. Um, if you could go back and look at your younger self, what would she look like and what advice would you give her? Oh, that's a, such a great question. Um, I think I would have figured out what I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've always loved to organize. And maybe I would have um, uh, figured out that a little bit earlier in life. And I would have said, this is what I, this is what I study. I would go home and organize stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I was really, truly passionate about, like, all along I loved my career in HR mm-hmm. um I I actually liked organizing the office better than I liked <laughs> you know what I mean being like in being in the office right <laughs> and so I maybe would have I, I maybe would have really tapped into some of those things a little bit earlier in in life and you know cr- you know cr- maybe created that change um yeah. a little bit earlier but uh, you know the everything happens the universe speaks when it speaks to you and when you're ready you're ready and yeah. so so for sure I'm I'm in the right right I'm in the right path now you know yeah. for me and um, but that was the right path then you know you are just where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there you yeah know? no I agree I think it's really interesting because I think and you know maybe when you and I were coming up in our careers it was kind of like this is what you do right there's a path and a trajectory and it's kind of you know and it's it's kind of funny when you get to a certain place in your life and you're like okay you know what now I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to do the things that light me up, right? Um, if you were to leave this earth and you could leave behind one or two gold nuggets, wisdom, inspiration, something that you would want as like the words, your legacy to leave on this earth, what would they be? Um, so I always think of like Stephen Covey, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like seven habits. And I'm always like, just begin with the end in mind. You've gotta, you've gotta paint a picture mm-hmm. of what you want in life, and so, so if you are looking at your space or or whatever in life, just begin. What do you want it to look like? You've gotta create the vision for what you want, mm-hmm. and or what you want your space to look like, or what you want your life to look like. Yeah. Whether you're writing it down, or you're, you're really thinking about it, and um, or you're. Put, making a Pinterest board of that, you know, whatever works for you, but create a vision of what that is because that's the only way you're going to get there. You you don't just mm-hmm. kind of float along. You've got to figure out what you want. I was just interviewed on um, 
Rabbi Rep's podcast, um, Lift Your Legacy. And he asked me specifically about, we talked about the fact that I make my decisions from my deathbed, which is very maudlin to some people. Mm. But to me, it's one of those things where it's like you're at the end of your life and you're looking back. Are you looking back wistfully and regretfully? Or are you looking back and been and have you been like, I did this. This is what I did. This is what I leave behind. This is my legacy. And I think it's really interesting to kind of almost frame things from that perspective. Like, I want you when you said begin with the end. I want the end result to be a life well lived, where I stood for something and I created some kind of inspiration or mm-hmm. environment for my daughter and the next generation to thrive, right? So if you start with that in mind rather than being like, I really have to get the mortgage done. You know, like if you kind uh-huh. of start to look at your life, and I love what you just said. I love what you said about having a vision for what that's supposed to look like in the future in all things. But I think for for people that are listening to this podcast, I think it's it's such a beautiful message to have your end game in mind because that's going to shift some of the decision-making and the rules of the road now, if you're looking at it from that perspective, as opposed to just what two years looks like, five years looks like. Or what am I going to do today? You yeah. know, I always said when I was raising my daughter, I was like, I, I, I had an end game. Yeah. I wanted to raise a child with high self-esteem. Oh, I no, love that. No matter what. Mm-hmm. So it drove, it was my filter yeah. for everything that we did you know every decision we made every conversation I had with her every you know through I just wanted her to have high self-esteem no matter what no matter what and so I had an I had an end game yeah you know and so it made it kind of just made everything a lot easier parenting for me a lot easier just knowing that I love that and I, I think I do that with my daughter like I want her to have the tools to where she can make decisions and feel confident in who she is when I'm not around. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to prepare her so that she's strong and able and confident. And I I love that in all things, and I think that's we have to do that in our relationships as well. Like what kind of relationship am I trying to create? Not what did he say today that's really getting on my nerves and does he respect me and are we this? But like, no, I'm trying to create a mindful, present relationship that's going to last the span of time right? And if you look at everything in your life from that perspective, I think you have the opportunity to, it's it's less a daily thought process and more a way of living. Yeah, it, it, it really makes things more it, just simple. It makes yeah. it more simple. It makes your life more simple. It makes your life more organized. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, how many black t-shirts do I need? <laughs> right. Do I need to spend time going to shop for one more thing? Right. You know, do I, or, or do I need to spend time building my self-esteem with my daughter right building high self-esteem or you know so it's kind of it really helps you pick select your time and where you spend your time too and having those those kind of end games yeah um, in mind no I love that and I think sometimes too that's some of the permission that we have to give ourselves like you know we get caught up in the calendars and oh I should support this person's event or I should go to this fundraiser or I should go to this thing or I should take this coffee meeting or I should and you're spending your time externally for approval from others and to make them feel instead of being like okay but am I working towards my purpose or my goal or my end game or whatever Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. am I doing those things so it's I think it's kind of like it's just mindfulness in all things you know Mm -hmm. mindfulness and organization of thought organization of practice space um so that you're living for yourself and the people you love as opposed to just living 
because that's you just got to breathe the next you know breath of air you know I think it's just so important to live with that mindset of growth and creation yeah as opposed to paying bills and worrying about whether or not your yoga pants get put away (laughs) (laughs) well there's a lot we found out there's a lot more to that I know know. and there's a lot more to just being organized you know and I mean yeah I have the client that's just like just make this make this go away make this great and I'm like I know exactly what to do you know and they leave and come back and they're like Thank you very much. I love it. Well, I think it creates freedom. I think that's what everyone strives for is to have some type of freedom from things and people and space and to be able to kind of build. And I think I love that. Make this go away. I've had those moments where I'm like, fix this. Yeah. Because you just want your you want your mind back. You want your mental space back. But I wanted to thank you so much for coming down here, being on the podcast with me, sharing your gold. And I love – there's so many different little gems within the conversation, so I'm going to make sure to kind of highlight them in our show notes. Um, If people want to find you, where do they look for you? So um, neatmethod.com. And my personal Instagram is MelanieWalkerXO. I love that it's XO at the end. Uh I think that's so cute. Um, Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for for everything, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. I love Melanie's advice to begin with the end in mind, whether it's a project or your life end game. You can find Melanie on IG at MelanieWalkerXO. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. I'm always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have things you'd like to hear about, please share them with me in the comments. You can also find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Pick up my new book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. If you want some help moving toward that intentional life, join me every week on my intention journey. I'm inviting you, totally free, from my heart to your inbox. Sign up for my girl tribe at JeanetteSchneider.com and before you even wake up on Monday mornings, there will be a huge dose of motivation waiting for you. Yes, I will wake you up on Monday morning with intention-setting prompts and give you some tips as to what is setting my soul on fire. On Fridays, I'm going to remind you to let go, recharge, and love yourself up with some self-care prompts to get present in your downtime. Intentional living is where it's at, y'all. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.